If you have your Bible, turn with me to Proverbs 14, 15. Proverbs 14, 15. That's where we're going to begin tonight. I'm going to be reading a lot in, in Proverbs tonight. Proverbs 14, 15. Um, my favorite translation, the New Living Translation. It says this, only simpletons believe everything they're told. Only simpletons believe everything they're told. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and, and we just ask that you would help us to discern truth from lies, real from fake. Open up our hearts and eyes to see, Lord, got the truth of your word tonight, and equip us to better do that in an ever-changing and crazy word. On Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Only simpletons believe everything they're told. Let's face it. You can't believe everything that you see and you hear, right? And it's a good example. I wasn't trying to challenge y'all, but the article I read earlier, I wasn't even thinking about this. They were still looking for, they, they raided a building and they thought that they, she was in there. This little girl was in there, wasn't. And they said earlier reports were saying that she was found alive, but the sheriff department came on and said it wasn't true. It was a false report. Great example of, of what I'm talking about tonight. We know in this day and age, you cannot believe everything that you see and hear, right? As technology continues to go further and further, anybody can post anything anywhere on the Internet. Do you know that? I think we all know that, right? I often say very sarcastically and kind of cynically that uh, people, man, they, they tell me something. And I'm like, man, where did you hear that? Where did you see that? When these two words come out of their mouth, YouTube, I'm like, okay, you, that just discredited pretty much everything you just said. There is some true stuff on YouTube, but anybody can upload anything on YouTube. I hope I don't step on nobody's toes. Well, actually, I kind of do hope. That's my point. There's some real stuff on the Internet, but there's a lot of fake stuff all over the Internet and all over TV. You know, we sarcastically say, what's well, on TV? It must be true, right? So listen, in our day and age, especially right now during election time, we're going to have some runoffs. You hear all kind of stuff. You hear people say all kinds of things, both the politicians running and the people that are supporting them, and they will tell you what they're saying is gospel truth, right? Are y'all awake? Are y'all is that is it just me? Or I mean, but it's true. You want they'll say that look, this status, this whatever is true. We voted this way, we did all of this. The opposite person running will say the totally opposite and say, No, that's not true. This source says that this is true, right? Pastor Dixie's laughing because we've We've had a few conversations in the last couple of weeks, especially uh, leading up to this last election. We're going to have a runoff for our governor and our mayor here in Lafayette. So it, it continues, right? It's not just what's on the Internet and, and well, the Internet and, and the media fuse that stuff, but also people you love and trust hear or read something and go and tell you and try to convince you of this truth because they're fully convinced. Have you ever experienced that? They're fully convinced that, again, like I said earlier, the, the YouTube people come to me and say, man, and I mean, look, when I say they have bought it hook, line, and sinker, and then I hear they saw it on YouTube, it's like, man, you know, they're so convinced and they're trying to convince me. And I'm sorry, if you've been one of those people, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but if you tell me you saw it on YouTube, 90% of the credibility has just went out the window, especially if it's hard to believe to start with. Are y'all tracking with me? I know I'm making a lot of people mad already, but, you know, if, if it's already a hard thing to believe and you've you've your main source is like the internet that you got it from and there's not a whole bunch of credible witnesses it's hard for me to believe listen y'all we need to have discernment 
we need to have discernment in this day and age more than any time. It, it's one of the, 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 the things, the gifts that the, the Holy Spirit helps us with is to discern what's true and what's not. What's false and what's not. Again, and I'm just kind of honing in on the media and whatnot, but, but, but the truth is right now on, on social media, on, on the news media, TV, whatever, I mean, again, you have people just back and forth saying all kind of stuff and telling you and trying to convince you it's true. And it's hard sometimes to, to, to know what it is. Cause it, cause the truth is, man, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in general, but it's the same way with me. I, I mean, I've, I've bought stuff and believed it hook, line, and sinker. Because people that I trusted that were credible said it, right? And other people said it. Then it come to find out, that wasn't even true. Have you ever done that? And you're like, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have piped up about that issue or that stat or that whatever. Is that right? Right? So we have to have discernment. So how do you discern who or what is true or false, real or fake in this day and age? Tonight, I want to give you some great tests to discern the truth from deception. Tonight's message is discerning truth in a world of deception. Discerning truth in a world of deception. So many people want to pull the wool over your eyes or convince you that something is true or not. And I'm just using, again, all of that as, as a part of it. But it's in your own personal relationships as well. It's not just internet and the media. When you go to work tomorrow, people that you meet every day, People you have conversation with, people that you are in relationship with, we got to be careful of what's true and what's not. So here are a few great tests to discern truth from deception: what's false, what's real, what's fake. Number one, the test of time. The test of time. Proverbs twelve nineteen says, "Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed." Right. Truthful words will stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. Lies will come out. They eventually, and, and the, the, the scripture actually says they soon will be exposed. You know, for a lot of people, when it comes to whatever it is, let's, let's use another alley. It could be a product. It can be something that's like, man, the newest, latest, and greatest thing. And they're all about, that. there can be a product that's time-tested, it's true, but something new comes out and this manufacturer says, hey, this, this material, this building material, man, is the best. We actually met with a contractor today. This building material is the best, the latest and greatest thing. Hey, listen, just because it's new doesn't always make it better. And that's truth not just in, in material things and everything. Just because a relationship is new doesn't make it better. Okay, I'm preaching now. In everything... Some things it is. Sometimes, it, I mean, I'm glad I'm not using a flip phone anymore, right? Some things that are newer are better, right? Right? I'm, I'm preaching on a, on a digital device nowadays, right? I, I mean, when I started preaching, it was handwritten on the yellow legal pads, right? Then I went to typing up messages and then printing them out to preaching on an iPad. So newer sometimes is better. But just because it's new doesn't necessarily make it better. Listen, people's systems and values work over a long period of time for a reason. Let me say it again. People's systems and values work over a long period of time for a reason. Listen, give a new person or an idea a little time to prove themselves. In dealing with relationships, as Pastor Todd always says, we say it this way. Watch people from a distance. Watch them from a distance. And that's the, 
that, I mean, you can do some of that with politicians and whatnot, but it's hard. Well, they voted this way, they did this way, but we still don't always know how they're going to act until they get into that political position, right? Let's talk about relationships. For any single people in here, and you desire to get married, watch that person from a distance before you commit to a lifelong marriage. You hear cricket in this place tonight, right? And it's true, it's, 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 it's good, sound advice. Listen, the test of time. Watch them from a distance. Because, listen, I, anybody can be anything they want to be to you if they want to be with you. If they don't think they have any promise in getting with you, that's the place you need to watch them from, right? I've seen too many people, both guys and girls, come to church and, 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 and play Christianity to get what they wanted. And as soon as they got what they wanted, their whole character changed or they were just going all together and didn't want anything to do with the Lord or church anymore. So listen, if something is true, whether it's a person, the way they're acting or what they're telling you, if it's, you know, something that you're reading about, something, a fact or whatever, something that you're dealing with, watch it from a distance. Let it stand the test of time. I'm sure you guys and even ladies, if, if you know, just like if, if a new business starts up and you get offered a job to go to this new business and like, man, this is going to be great. How many people you know or even yourself have maybe long, left a long time, steady job or business to go help a startup and that thing tanked? And if that happened, I'm sorry. But, you know, when dealing with your career, relationships, anything, help it to stand a steps of time. Just to wrap up that point, a little illustration, and I think about this in my own personal life. Have you ever had somebody change the recipe to your favorite dish just because they want to try something new? You ever had that happen? Like, like my wife, there's a few things that she, I mean, she continues to increase, but there's a couple of dishes she makes really, really well, and I love them. And there's nights where she cooked that dish, and, and the first bite, I'm like, what did you do different? It's like, oh, I just thought that it made me do that. I'm like, baby, it was great the way it was. You've been cooking it like this for a decade, and I love it. Yeah, but I just want to do something different. It's like, no, but it stood the test of time. Come on, some things, you know, you th this is it. You nailed it right here, right? So will it stand the test of time? Whether it's a, it's a, it's something you're, you're, you're a fact or something that you see in a person, a politician, a relationship, whatever the case may be, will it stand the test of time? That's how you can determine truth from deception. Brother Francis, our founding pastor, used to always say, when it comes to people, Give people time, they will manifest themselves. And that's either good or bad. If you give people time, if you watch them from a distance. And look, it'll, I'm talking about a married relationship. It can be a friendship. It can be a, a business partnership. It can be whatever the case may be. Give that person time, and eventually they will. They're, in other words, their true colors will come out where they stand the test of time. Number two, the test of motive. The test of motive. Proverbs 25, 20 verse 5 says this. A motive in the human heart is like a deep water, and a person who has understanding draws it out. I'm going to read that again. A motive in the human heart is like deep water. Sometimes it's hard to, to discern people's motives, right? It's deep in there. But a person who has understanding will draw it out. You have understanding, wisdom, discernment, you can draw it out. Anything or anyone who smacks of greed, pride, or lust 
is for sure a deadly poison in a candy wrapper. When you're trying to discern the motive of something and you sense any of these three what goes back to what they, you know, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If you sense any of that in somebody's motive, be careful. Why is a great question to ask in discernment. For discernment, you always have to ask, okay, well, this is great. This sounds good. What you want to do, where you want to go, whatever, what you want to sell me. But why? Why are you doing this? Why? why what, what's the purpose? What's the motive behind it? Example, why is there temptation to sin all over this thing if it's good for me? Well, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a great relationship, great opportunity. But you know what? We're just going to do it all cash and not report anything. Well, that sounds great. But you know what? One, you're breaking the law. And two, your sin will find you out. Right? So I'm just trying to hit on a few different areas here uh, or examples. Listen, guys, we need to listen to the inward voice of God's spirit. Listen. As if you were walking around in the dark and you knew there was a cliff around. There was, a, there was somewhere you can step over and you can hear rocks falling or you can hear maybe water down. You would be very attentive to, if you knew there was a cliff around you and you were in the dead of night, you would be very attentive in listening for sounds or hints to know where that ledge is at, right? When we're trying to discern someone's motive, we have to do the same thing. The blessing is, is that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to help us to discern, to listen to that, 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 that small voice. Don't deny the motives you sense in a person or an activity that will move you from a green light. You know, you sense, man, it's a green light. It's an open door. And that green light inside goes to yellow and then eventually to red. Right? The Holy Spirit will alert you when something is not right. If you're listening. And if you're asking. Again, like that cliff, if you're being attentive to it. The old saying, just, what is it? Um, Oh, I'm a butcher. I don't even know what it is. But just not everything that looks good is good. What is it? Not everything that's glitter is gold. Is that how it goes? Yeah, that's it. Not everything that's glitter is gold. Whatever it may be, whatever the opportunity may be, we have to be careful to test the motive. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter how wonderful or persuasive something looks. It can still fool you. That's why it's called deception, right? Because it looks good. It has a, y'all know, it's, it's veneer. You know what veneer is, right? It's putting on, you know, like they even have wood called veneer, a certain kind where it's covering up the, the stuff that looks bad to make it look good, right? And, and, and you got to be careful. You got to be able to have discernment and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to test the motives. Again, the motive of a lot of politicians is to get elected. Now, listen, I'm not trying to, this is not a, a, a politician bashing sermon tonight, but the truth is, a lot, not all of politicians, their main motives is they want to get in office. I believe there's some that are out there to serve and really want to make a difference. But when you see the motive of it, when you see going back to the truth of it, um, you got to be careful. You got to discern. Again, like I talked about, if it's somebody that's wanting to date you, marry you, get into an intimate relationship, even a friendship, partnership, whatever, listen, be careful that you, you, you pray and, and you seek the Lord for the motive. Ask to try to find out what the motive is. And again, if it's deception, they're not going to come out and tell you, right? Hey, look, I'm in this to get over you, okay? You know, they, they're not going to come out and tell you that, right? 
You're going to have to discern that in a lot of instances. The stuff we see on TV, the stuff we see on the internet, man, you can have good friends that are on both sides of the, of the debate or of the, of the argument or of whatever the case may be. You got to discern what is true. So number one is the test of time. Number two, the test of motive. Number three is the test of truth. Again, we're going back to how do you discern truth from that? Listen, is there a little bit of deception, exaggeration, or info left out in the presentation? You ever had somebody tell you something and then you find something that's not like, well, man, why you left that out? Oh, I didn't think that was a big deal. You know, still, I looked it up today, still in the court of law, they make you put your hand on the Bible and say what? Do you swear to tell the truth? But they don't stop there, right? The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So they still, they still do that to this day. And it may, let me turn this thing around. It may be you. When you speak to someone, you're talking to somebody, do you tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Like the whole truth. Like don't leave out any piece of the pie. Give them, give them the whole truth. You know, what about former relationships? Let's go back to relationships. Somebody's wanting to be in a relationship with you. What if they just leave out some key parts of a relationship? Like you ever, you know, I've come across people that get in a relationship, date somebody, and then find out, oh, wow, you're still married. Your divorce is not fine. That would have been some good information to let me know. Before me and you got into uh, any kind of, you know, relationship beyond, you know, think about that. What about the customers that you find out were paid for their reviews? They thought they were customers like, oh, yeah, look, we got all these wonderful reviews. You know, people do that, right? You know, people pay people to follow them on Twitter. You know, it's a real thing. People actually have paid Twitter followers. That's the kind of stuff. That's deception. Well, look at this guy, this businessman, this whoever, whatever. He must be very influential because he has all these followers. They pay people to follow him on social media, just like they do pay some people to give them reviews, right? What about, again, you know, I, I'm really, but what about the politician that you were considering voting for and found out they were lying? Now, I know most politicians have that reputation, but this actually just happened to me this past election. And the person I'm talking about is no longer, they're not in the runoff, so I'm not going to name them whatnot. But right before the election Saturday, and I already decided I wasn't going to vote for this person. Right before the, for the election, they came, and you might know who it is when, once I say it, but it, it doesn't matter. I just, you know, their, one of their last commercials was, I'm the only one that ran without attacking anybody. I'm the only one that didn't have attack ads in my campaign. And as I saw that, I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Months before any of this started happening, I was getting multiple emails from this candidate smashing, I mean, just like, I mean, slandering all the other candidates and, and attacking him on all kind of fronts. And so two days before the election, he had the audacity to put a commercial on TV that says, I'm the only one that didn't do that. And it's a straight up lie. I mean, if I, I can go back on my computer and pull up deleted files that he was doing that from the very beginning. Doesn't that just kind of irk you when you see that? And this is the guy that, they, that, that, well, okay, so I just gave away his gender, but that wants to be in office. And so it's like, you know, man, it, it's hard. Thankfully, sometimes it's not hard to discern when you got emails to back it up, right? Sometimes it's a lot harder than what I just talked about. That, that was a very, a very easy one to, to, to sniff out. And, and, and I get politicians have a bad rap of that anyway. But when you see that it's been straight up lied to, but what about the person that you know that's close to you? 
Listen, a lot of times we look over little white lies and think it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Sometimes we tell little white lies and think it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. There's no such thing as a little lie. A lie is a lie, church. There's no such thing as a little one or a big one. That's like being kind of pregnant. Either you are or you're not. Either you lied or you didn't, right? Come on. That, that's, that's, that's a good word right there. I'm going to just say it. A lie is a lie. So wh- whether you tolerating it or whether you're the one saying it, I just hope that, that either way you get convicted tonight and the Lord moves you. So listen, we should be the pillar of truth as the church. My whole point tonight is that we should be able to discern what truth is, but we also should be the ones that, that, that we're our go-to when it comes to truth. Telling the truth, and of course we have the truth. Look at 1 John 2, 20 and 21. But you are not like that. Like hopefully, like I was just saying, you're not like that. Okay, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I'm writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. So John is assuming that as he's writing to the church, we know the difference between truth and lies. Are y'all following me? And that's what I'm talking about tonight. We should. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, to discern these things. The Holy Spirit helps us to discern truth from lies. In the court of law, when they said, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Well, the good news is he will help us. He will help us tell the truth and discern the truth. But I found out that actually when they say that, that means that they're invoking like God's wrath if they lie. That's, that's what that actually means. The Holy Spirit will help us with discernment. Look at Proverbs 22, 19 through 21. I am teaching you this. I am teaching you today, yes, you, so that you will trust in the Lord. I have written 30 sayings for you. Really, this means excellent sayings, filled with advice and knowledge. In this way, you may know the truth and take an accurate report to those who sent you. So again, we have the Holy Spirit. And this is obviously Solomon writing to his sons, but I always look at Proverbs as, because it's the Word of God, our Heavenly Father writing to us, his sons and daughters, right? So you have the, we have the Spirit inside of us helping us to discern what's truth and what's not but we also have the Word of God. As we, we, we get to the Word of God, as we commune with God to know what's truth and what's not. You know, I've, I, you know, a lot of y'all know I, 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 I'm a hunter and, and I like to hunt fish and I, but I've never turkey hunted and I've, I've heard and I've read that, um, that when you're hunting turkeys, turkeys can see a human eye blink and run for safety. That's how keen their eyesight is. You have to be, and I've seen hunting shows and stuff before where you got to be full out camo, like face covered, the only thing, your gloves. You, actually, somebody gave me a, a turkey gun and it's full on camo pattern. Uh, and, and that's why. Because the, the, the turkey has such good eyesight, they can discern and see a blink from, I mean, I don't know how many feet away and run for safety. Listen, again, y'all, when you sense Anything that's off with someone or something, put on the brakes and head for the exits. Amen? In anything, it should be a red flag, should be a red light in a relationship, in any kind of endeavor that you're going into, whatever the case may be. 
The fourth and final thing is the test of Scripture, of course. As I've been talking about the Holy Spirit, He gives us discernment. He gives us wisdom. You remember it says that the motive is like deep waters, but a man of understanding. We get understanding through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. You know, a speedometer doesn't lie, right? Of course, unless it's broken, right? Those little, the, the little, um, the little guns that the police officers use. Thank you, radar. Those don't lie. And if you try to argue with an officer that he's lying, it's never going to go well, right? And that right, right, right on cue, Assistant Chief Orlando walks in the door. I was talking about how speedometer don't lie and the radar guns don't lie either, right, brother? Those things are, <laughs> see, he's helping me preach now, right? A ruler doesn't lie. Is that right? A ruler doesn't lie. Neither does scripture lie, right, saints? Listen, it, everything we see has to line up to the, to the test of scripture. I love this. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Obviously, this is specifically to teach us what is true about the gospel, about, about God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I know this means to teach us what is true in life. Because even when it comes to the Word of God, in our day and age, people are constantly coming against the Word of God and its validity, its authority. Is the Word of God, man, that's for, that's, it's not relevant anymore. But you gotta understand that everything in Scripture is true. Even the old stories, even the miraculous stories, you have to understand. You gotta have a baseline to know in this world of deception, if you're gonna discern truth from, 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 lies, real from fake, you have to understand that the Word of God is 100% accurate. Period. Period. There's, there's no two ways about it. Even, man, you know, people try to say, well, with the flood, there wasn't enough rain in the atmosphere at the time, and scientists and people try to figure out or, about, you know, uh, how could a whale, how could a man live in a whale? I remember hearing one preacher say, listen, man, if the Bible said that Jonah swallowed the whale, I would believe it. Right? Because the word of God doesn't lie. And all of those things, when people say that, there's no way a whale could have swallowed people. Man, they, they have whales that their tongues are the size of like 18 wheelers. Man, it's crazy. I mean, these, these, these things are massive. And I mean, our God is a supernatural, all-powerful God. So even though it defies the, 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 the logic of, of physics or science today, listen, it's still true. It's 100% true. The, 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 the way that the Bible has laid out for us to live, in 2019, and until this whole thing is wrapped up, it's still the way he intended it to be. Culture should not change. You see, this is really where it gets dicey. Culture has come in and tried to change the, the, the church and what we deem as, as truth and lies. And the Bible itself also predicted that in, in the last days, in those days, people would call evil good and good evil. Are we not seeing that today? That the things that, you know, that that are, are, are were for years considered to be good and wholesome and whatnot are now being called evil. That's why we need to read the Bible consistently every day. Listen, y'all, even simply reading through the Bible stories will teach you much about the traps that caught even well-meaning kings, prophets, and priests. You can read so many different stories. I was reading earlier about the story where in, in Joshua where um, they had just defeated Jericho and Ai, and, 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 and the Lord said, I'm giving you all this land, and you need to destroy everybody in the area. 
So this group of people heard that they destroyed Ai and Jericho and said, man, this is what we'll do. We're going to go over there. We're going to get some old sandals, old clothes, some old dried up wineskins, and we're going to act like we come from a distant land and get them to make a treaty with us. So they did that. They come to Joshua and, and the men of, uh, and the, the people of Israel and says, hey, look, we've, we've come many, many, a long journey, many, many days, many weeks we've traveled. I mean, our sandals were new. Our wineskins were new. Our clothes were, were didn't have holes in it. But look, we got this old moldy bread. We baked it fresh when we left, but this, this, this bread's moldy. They checked everything out. The Bible says they didn't consult with the Lord, though, and found out that they were only a three days journey away from where the Israelites were at. They were deceived, and they ended up making a treaty with them, and so they couldn't destroy him as the Lord told them to, which, in essence, they were being disobedient to the Lord. Now, they made them, they made them woodcutters and, and, you know, made them carry water and do all kind of stuff, but because they were deceived. Bible said they didn't consult the Lord first. Listen, anytime you get in the Word of God, you're consulting the Lord. Amen? Because, you know, people say stuff all the time, even in church, even in our community. People say things, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Matter of fact, it contradicts the Word of God, yet they still believe that it's true. If anything contradicts, directly contradicts what the Word of God says, guys, it's not true. I'm here tonight to try to encourage you. That, that the way we're going to discern truth from lies, fake from real, is, is by continuing to pray, ask the Lord to speak to us, and tap into the Scriptures. You know, of course, a lot of y'all know this, these Scriptures, but I'm going to share them with you. Jesus could discern a trap in Satan's three temptations in the wilderness. Satan made it look like they were going to be harmless temptations. He knew they went against the plain teaching of scripture. And we're going to read through that. It's 11 verses, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. A lot of y'all know these, these, these verses, and Pastor Todd just talked about it again, I think, this past Sunday. Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, now the, the enemy is using the scripture, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Let me pause. Is that what the scripture says? Yeah, actually it is. He quoted the scripture. That's what the scripture says. I'm going to continue though. Jesus responded. The scriptures also say, see, Jesus didn't correct them. That is a scripture. It's a scripture in Psalm. The devil knows the Bible too, by the way. He quoted a scripture, but he did, Jesus comes back and says, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. I will give it to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of him. In that moment, he did quote scripture. The devil even used the scripture himself, but the truth was out of context. You got to be careful of this as well. The truth was out of context. Years ago, I was right here on a Sunday morning and, and someone walked down this aisle and said that they needed prayer because they felt like there was a block between them and God. So I just started trying to go through some things, because anytime somebody tells me that, I said, okay, well, let's see 
you know, obviously we know that God cannot tolerate sin and doesn't. He loves us. He forgives us. But if you have outright sin, this might be a word for somebody. If you got willful sin that you know it's sin in your life and you keep doing it, you're not going to have close, intimate fellowship with God. I'm going to just let you know that. And that's what was going on with this person. So they begin to go through like, well, you know, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And they said something that made me realize they were living in uh, sexual immorality. And I clearly pointed out to them that, listen, this is sin. The Bible calls this sin. And I would tell you just like anybody else that it is. And and they received it and said, well, you know what? They said, God told me to come up here and get prayer. So if, if this is, I know God told me to come up here. So if this is, this is what you're telling me. I know it's from God. I was like, yeah, I'll show you in the scripture. We prayed. They thanked me. Tears coming down their eyes. They thanked me so much. Said they felt better. Went back to their seat and left. Weeks later, I get a phone call from Pastor Todd. Hey, did you pray with somebody so-and-so about this situation? Yes, sir, I did. I said, okay, what did you say? And I told him what I, I told him. He said, well, Brandon, first I was like kind of nervous. I was new on staff here. And I was like, man, am I in trouble? <laughs> you know, I was like, I wasn't sure he was going with it. And I said, yes, sir, I did. This is what I did. And he said, well, Brandon, I, I think I would have told him the exact same thing. And I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> because it was biblical what I told him. And what happened was that person sent Pastor Todd a letter and basically use scripture to justify their actions. And what the scripture was, was in, in, in 1 Corinthians where it says, whatever state that God saves you in, stay in that state. Now, do you think that was talking about sin? That God wants us to stay in our sin when we get saved? Not at all. So they used the scripture. They quoted the scripture just as the devil did here, but it was out of context. It was totally out of context. He was talking about marriage and being single. What, what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians in the scripture that this person quoted or sent to Pastor Todd, the context was being married, being single. He said, hey, if you're married and you give your life to Christ, wouldn't stay married, even if you're married to an unbeliever. And he goes on to that teaching. Hey, if you're single and you get saved, you don't have to get married. You can stay single. You can go read it yourself. Go read 1 Corinthians, Paul's teaching on married and singleness. So they used the scripture and that verse was true, but it was out of context. So be careful. See, this is where even Christians can get deceived and get dicey. Obviously, we know what the Word of God says. Obviously, Pastor Todd knew, and that's why. And I, and I really felt like I did it in love, I, I, you know, confronting this person as a young pastor. And, and I'm not going to get into even the details of it, but, you know, in this day and age where things are, are people are getting more and more sensitive and, and, and offended and, all, and whatnot, I, I tried to be as delicate as I could. And again, they even received it. But you see, this is another part about deception, why you got to be careful the company you keep. When this person walked down this aisle, I can see the peace of God on, on, on their life. I can see, that, and I knew what just the motions of it, but I can see they sensed the presence of God when we prayed. They thanked me. They said, God told me to come up here, so I receive what you're telling me. When they went back home to the person that they were living with, that person was deceived and in turn deceived them and sent this letter and said that they were never coming back to this church. Are y'all tracking with me? The Bible says, again in Corinthians, bad company corrupts good morals. So be careful when you're seeking truth, if you're trying to, as you're discerning truth, the people that you run with, the people that you listen to, the people that you read, the things you read on the internet, just be careful. They can even use the scripture to justify some lies and make, take the scripture to try to use it to be deceitful, just as the devil did and just as this person did years ago. So as we close, I just want to encourage you about discerning truth from lies. Discernment sees, 
hears, and diverts. Let me say that again. Discernment sees, hears, and diverts. We have to see. Again, does it stand the test of time? Does it you test the motives? Test, is it true? And test it with the Scripture, y'all. That's the only thing. I mean, that's the main thing. Again, what the Lord speaks to you is going to line up with Scripture. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's the contrary, then it wasn't the Lord. So you have to see. Ask God for help. Amen. It's that simple. Ask God, Lord, I don't know. I have this situation in front of me. I'm seeing this. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm trying. But Lord, show me. Listen, y'all. The Bible says if you seek him, you will find him. Let's use that specifically for this. If you're asking God and seeking God to show you what is true and what is false, do you think he'll tell you? Absolutely he will. He don't want his children to be deceived, right? Right? If my children come up to me and are asking me, Daddy, will this hurt me or not? I'm not going to be like, well, you figured out. Take a lucky guess, you know? No, I'm not going to do that to my children, right? I want the best for I want to try to help them through life. He's, he's doing the same with us. Seek after it. From others who are older, seek, seek counsel from people that are older, wiser, and more experienced. Again, y'all get in the scriptures, read the scripture. And listen, that's the, the importance of it. It's because when you're in the scriptures daily, it's amazing when situations like this come up. The Holy Spirit will bring up something that you read two months ago. And he'll highlight something that you read to show you the truth from what's fiction, what's false. Most of all, again, surround yourself with friends who can help you. Again. Life groups. That's why we have life groups, y'all. Is you can surround yourself with people. You can get into a room. I had a, a close family friend of mine. Well, let me finish that thought. You can come into a room with people. You can have a group that, like, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm not sure what this is. I had a close family member a, a few Wednesdays ago, probably about a month ago, came and talked to me because they were confused about some things that they were in a life group, and it wasn't that they 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 got on the internet and started reading about some things, and 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 they were it it, it kind of messed them up, and they just. They came to me, asked me, hey, man, what do you, this is what I heard, this is what I read, and I was able to take the scripture and say, no, listen, I, yeah, that's true, I get that, but what you're worried about right here, this is what the scripture says, right? So we need other people in our lives to help us to discern what's truth and what's lies. Amen. Y'all receive this tonight? Do you agree that we need the sermon more than ever before in our day and age? In the day and age of, again, with, with information flying less than right, we need to ask the Lord to help us. We need to be in the scripture. We need to test these four things, just four things that can be some good tests for everything if you're not sure if something's true or not. I want to read one more scripture about truth, and it's found in John 14, 6. A lot of y'all be familiar with the scripture, and it's Jesus himself because he is the embodiment of truth and was and still is. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Do me a favor, bow your heads with me. Jesus is the only way. One of the biggest deceptions on this planet right now is that there's multiple ways to get to God and get to heaven. And that's a lie. He makes it clear. He's the only one that makes the claim that I am the way, the singular way, the only way. I am the truth. Everything in the word of God is 100% true, and I am the life. He's the only way to eternal life. The gospel is 100% truth. 
again, we've been, people are twisting it, saying, oh, well, you know, you're saying that, you know, y'all are only way, this and that. Listen, I didn't say this. Jesus said that. And we know it is true. And out of love, he has made a way for all of us through the truth of the gospel to spend eternal life with him. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. No one can have a relationship on this earth with the creator except through Jesus. No one could make it to heaven, to eternal life, without receiving the free gift of salvation and forgiveness that comes through Jesus. Again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you have been deceived into thinking that, man, if I just come to church every once in a while, pop in on Wednesday nights, make a Sunday or two, you know, give a few dollars in the in the the, the, the offering, man, I'm going to be good. Or maybe, you know, hey, man, I like coming to church and, and whatnot, but, I'm, I, you know, there's other ways. I mean, Christianity is one way, you know, but there's other ways and, and I can do this and I can do that. It might be sin. You know, you might think that you can still continue to live in your sin and as long as you come to church, worship and read your Bible, do the things that we need to do as, as, as part of our relationship with, with, with Christ, I can still do this on the side, have this on the side, and it's no big deal. Church, that's all deception. If you're here tonight and you know that you've been living in outright sin, you know you've never accepted God's forgiveness. You maybe have never repented of your sins. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. He's the only way, and this is the truth of the gospel, of the good news. But listen, in order for it to be good news, there has to be bad news. And again, the bad news is every single one of us in this room have sinned. We've sinned multiple times. And the wages of sin or the penalty of sin is death. And that word death means an eternal death. But the free gift of God is salvation through Christ Jesus. So you say, Brandon, you know, man, if tonight was my last night on this earth, and every day we hear stories of people dying in car accidents or getting sick, young people getting sick, or different tragedies. If you knew that tonight would be your last night here, if you knew that you wouldn't make it home tonight or you wouldn't wake up tomorrow, are you ready? Are you ready to experience eternity? Because there's either eternal life or there's eternal death, which is separation from God for all eternity. Or this life he's speaking of is eternal life in God's kingdom and glory. If you're not 100% sure, you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in a right relationship, but I want to make sure tonight. I want to get my life right. I, I want to be forgiven. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I want you to slip up your hand. I, you know, I don't know everybody in here, even though people scattered all over, but I never want to leave. I know most of y'all, but listen, if you say, Brandon, at one time, you know what? I think I was right with the Lord. I see your hands or anybody else, but man, I think I fell the way I fell into some deception. And I need to get right. One hand up. Young man, this is bold. Anybody else? All right, we're going to pray together. I want everybody at first to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the penalty for my sin. Now, Lord Jesus, tonight, I surrender my life, I surrender my all, and I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me the strength, strength, give me the grace, and give me the discernment that I need to walk through this life and live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.
Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we close? I want to pray one more thing real quick as we close in a closing prayer. If you said, Brandon, there's a, there's a decision I got to make. And man, I need to see the truth in the situation. I'm, I'm trying to discern some things in my life right now. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, man, I need some prayer right now. Okay, look, there's, there's prayer, the hands going up all over. You got a big decision. You're trying to discern what's the Lord's will, what's true, what's false. I want to pray for you as we close up our time in prayer. Father, you see all these hands tonight. Many people here tonight that are saying they need discernment. They want to know what's truth, what's what's lies, what's real, what's not. Father, I pray for all those, my brothers and sisters, with their hands raised. I just ask you, give them the discernment as they put the, these tests. They put these things to the test, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, the test of Scripture, the test of the truth, test of time and motives. Lord, I pray, help them, Holy Spirit. You said that, Lord God, you would help us. You're living inside of us. You've given us your word so we would know the truth and that the truth would set us and our decisions free. Lord, I pray for these as they make the decision, make it clear. Show them the truth, my God, in every situation that they're dealing with and that we will deal with. Bless them as they go. Keep them safe tonight, Father God. Draw us closer to you and closer to each other as a family and as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening. If you need any other specific prayer for anything, we'll be up here.